0: Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Amanda Farmer, and my guest this week is Nathan Hage, Nathan is an owner and committee member at Zinc Apartments in Sydney's Alexandria. His building is a past participant in the City of Sydney Council's Smart Green Apartments program. And this has resulted in some pretty dramatic changes around the building when it comes to the installation of sustainability infrastructure, including solar and electric vehicle charging. In this chat, Nathan explains how Zinc managed to achieve unanimous approval for the installation of electric vehicle charging in its basement car park earlier this year. This is a vital topic to be discussing right now as we move towards a more sustainable future and learning from the positive experiences of others is a great place to start. I'll take you over now to my chat with Nathan Hage. Nathan Hage, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you and hi. Hi.
0: Wonderful for you to have agreed to spend some time with me here today talking about a really important topic. There's been a lot about it in the media. You personally have been quoted and the good work that you and your committee have been doing in your community around electric vehicle charging. Let's jump right in. Nathan, tell us a bit about
1: you and your community. Well, a little bit about me. I'm. Uh, I've been living in Alexandria, almost at the Red Fern, at the um, area since uh, 2005 in this building, which was when it was built. Um, probably about the last seven or eight years, I've been involved with the Strata community there. Um, essentially motivated by an opportunity to do more than I was from an environmental perspective, um, and obviously being in Strata, that can potentially spread across all of the, the whole of the building and all of the apartments within it. So that was my motivation. Since I've been involved with Zinc Apartments, I've taken a reasonably broad view of what can be achieved and what order of things could be achieved. So I guess more of a holistic approach. So it's been positive. It's been positive. I think it's been an exercise in putting a lot of effort into keeping things very simple, uh, which is useful for me. A lot of things in the strata world can get complicated. Sometimes it's necessarily complicated. Oftentimes it's unnecessarily complicated.
0: <laughs> nice way to put it. Do you have any special skills, Nathan? Are you an electrical engineer? Are you, I don't know what, what else, but is there something that uniquely places you to lead your community with these improvements you've been making?
1: I think if I was being kind to myself, I'd call myself a professional problem solver. So I do work and have done for the last 20 years or so in supply chain logistics, which is, for those that don't know, essentially is glorified warehousing and transport. So lots of moving parts, each of them very simple, put them all together, there's lots of fail point opportunities and lots of lots of people involved. So I think though that problem solving skill is very helpful and I'm... Um, Somewhat tenacious, I think, um, firm believer that uh, persistence beats resistance every time.
0: So, personality traits there, if you identified by you over professional skill. So, owners might be concerned about not having the right professional technical skills to take on a project like you have at Zinc Apartments. Not to worry, you just have to have the right personality or find the person in your community who does.
1: I think that goes a long way, and I think if you can take the emotion out of this, stick to what we're trying to achieve, you know, begin with the end in mind, as a wise man once said to me, and keep the emotion out of it, then I think that's, uh, that's a really good place to start.
0: All right. So, zinc apartments, how many lots in your building?
1: There's 45, um, with one exception. They're all um, there's 22 one-bedrooms, 22 two-bedrooms, and one three-bedroom. It's a fairly simple building in terms of one lift, no swimming pool, no shared air conditioning, et cetera. It's a simple building.
0: And how old is it?
1: 2005, the building was completed.
0: And you have a strata manager. Do you have a building manager?
1: Yes, we have a strata manager. We do not have a building manager. It feels like it's me sometimes, uh, but we've got no. some... Uh, some. It's not all me, but there is a couple of people that uh, certainly go the extra mile in the building.
0: And how many on your committee?
1: There is five on the committee,
0: Okay, great. I'm asking you these questions just to get a, a picture in the minds of our listeners here about just what your community is and where they can compare to their own communities. I agree with you. It's a fairly standard building in Sydney. What prompted the decision to investigate electric vehicle charging?
1: Uh, so I guess by way of background, there's a number of things that um, I got involved with by the City of Sydney Smart Green Apartments program, which it opened up a network for me, and certainly some ideas um, as I went to some of their presentations and consultation groups. Um, At some point along the way, there was an offer for a um, a study to be done that Brent Clark's business, uh, What Block, would do, which is essentially a, a detailed survey with findings. So this was back in 2017, just to take the temperature of residents in the building as to what their driver's interest future plans were. For electric vehicles in the next few periods of time, so that happened back in 2017. So that was a really useful tool to, I guess, have a phased approach for planning and what that what that future might look like in terms of a, a solution, but more importantly, the timing of the solution with the expected uptake of electric vehicles in Australia.
0: So bringing WattBlock in to do a survey, produce a report, I imagine on what your options and opportunities are and what the costs might be is that how it all works
1: yes it was uh, less about the costs more about what the opportunities were and what the scale of interest was going to be so I think from memory that was about two-thirds of the building expected to buy an EV or their next vehicle within five years or so so I think we're about there now so it might have been a little bit optimistic. Uh, well, lots of things have happened in the last, within that period of time, of course. But it was absolutely a guiding principle as to what, what the level of interest would be. But tellingly, it also said what the desired solution would be, not for so much from a technical perspective, just more from a functional perspective and convenience point of view. So what do I mean by that? People wanting to charge in their own space is the quick mm. answer.
0: Yes, and we're going to get into the particular method or model that zinc apartments have chosen to go with because there are a variety of different ways to facilitate electric vehicle charging in our residential apartment buildings. Just on that point about the predictions as to the uptake of electric vehicles and the need for charging facilities, I was tuning into the New South Wales government webinar which was a couple of weeks prior to our recording this chat and I will include a link to the replay under this podcast episode and the New South Wales government has a plan in place to ensure that by 2030 at least 50% of new vehicles being sold are electric vehicles That's 2030. That's not too far away. And there's a lot of money, I think about $500 million being put towards all sorts of initiatives, programs to make sure that that happens in this state. So I found that pretty mind blowing.
1: And exciting at the same time.
0: Exciting indeed. And I did have, as a strata lawyer in this space and knowing what buildings are up to and what's concerning them at the moment and where their attention is directed, I did feel a little little knot of anxiety in my stomach thinking, I don't know if our buildings are ready for this. And in that webinar, there's a discussion, a very interesting discussion about the need to address this issue now, because within the next 10 years, many of our buildings are going To have tenants who want to rent in buildings with electric vehicle charging facilities purchasers who want to buy in these kinds of buildings and we need to be ready for it if we want to maintain if not increase the value of our assets and that's really whether you're a resident owner or an investor owner what should be front of mind for you is being able to to keep up with these changes and I think the change is coming faster than any of us might have thought uh, except perhaps Brent Clark and Watt Block who were telling you those figures five years ago
1: Yeah, indeed. So that was a a big driver for us. And I think what we really wanted to do, what I really wanted to do was make sure that we um, catered for that future as much as we can without painting ourselves into a corner with, you know, a, a single early adopter solution, for example, that might limit what we can do as a building for everyone involved in the future.
0: So, let's get into it. What exactly did you do? What has been installed at zinc apartments for electric vehicles?
1: I guess the first step was just an assessment on the building's capacity, so sort of spare capacity that the building had, which was in our case fortunately was plentiful. But I think it's also something that I think could be easily concerning to people, but if you don't work in that area, I knew, you know, in my head there was a graph that said, okay, this is what happens at certain times of the day for the building as a whole. And then there's a a line across the top of it which says, this is the building's capacity. You know, the gap in the middle is the opportunity for EVs and other future consumption growth in the the future. So then, as part of that, then it's okay, well, driving my next point was, and that's consideration, should I say, was really what's going to be the most equitable solution? and what's going to be the most cost-effective solution as well. Now, I thought those two might be completely juxtaposed, but it turned out that they weren't. So the solution that we've got in place is essentially, it's called a flat cable solution, which in simple terms is just a cable, which is genuinely a flat cable as well, that runs around the perimeter of the car park, and it can work in whatever configuration of the car park. But essentially, it passes each of the spaces within the car park, various controls, isolators and whiz-bangery that is in back in the distribution board to, to manage the load. But essentially that means that each of those spaces uh, at whatever frequency you can attach or install a charger. So you can have as many or as few charges as you want to within the car park. So for me that was great because the flat cable solution meant that we were set up for potentially every space having its own charge in the future should we need that if not then it's a very cost effective solution for what we've actually installed so in our building we've got 30 there's 30 spaces 24 of those are for residents and the balance are for uh, visitors so each of those spaces is serviced by at least one, but most of them have got access to two charges the way they could with the length of the cables, so they're equidistant. So almost all spaces they've got two charges that can reach them. So that was I guess meant that we weren't spending more money than we necessarily needed to on charges, but it also meant that what we could do from there is is expand as required. I think importantly as well, we the solution was a uh, once we've got the infrastructure in place, which was paid for via a special levy. We actually raised that against each of the apartments that had a car space, and the visitor spaces were picked up by the owners' corporation. So that immediately removed some barriers for those that didn't have a car space as reasons to object, which I think would be quite philosophically unreasonable, but in reality very reasonable.
0: Mm. We will definitely come back to that. I'm interested in that from the legal perspective, for sure. But let me just get straight in my head the technical side of things as best I can. So the Owners Corporation has taken responsibility for essentially installing the infrastructure, the foundational infrastructure that would then allow an owner or a resident in the future to install the charger, another piece of equipment that then connects to the cable that the owners' corporation already has there. And the owner of the vehicle who is wanting to install that charger then takes on the cost of that installation. And am I right that is, it's quite simple then for their electricity usage to be separately metered to them through their own charger?
1: Almost perfectly right, yes. So depending on which way we go... Future few traditional charges, we can choose as to whether that's going to be an owner's corporation or individual lot owners. So, we've got that flexibility. At the moment, the 10 charges that are in place are owner's corporation. And with regards to the charging, all of the flat cable solution and therefore all of the charges that are attached to it, they are all linked to the building common meter. Mm-hmm. And we've got a, a third-party billing solution, which means that each of the usage actually just gets billed directly so it almost works like uber functionality so if you've got the app which links to the chargers tap your app on the on the charger and then that gets charged at a given rate for us we've kept it really simple and decided that we're just until we know more we're just going to charge the shoulder rate and we can monitor that and we can change that and so essentially it's a cost recovery mechanism we're not trying to make money out of it it's just cost recovery so we can adjust that depending on the patterns at the moment, it is only one rate that we can charge. I think in the future, we'll be able, it'll be smarter and it'll be dynamic charging, depending on whether there's solar from our rooftop or, or others or, or nighttime consumption, we may be able to charge it to avoid peak consumption, to manage peaks and troughs. But that's future considerations, which will come in. But for now, it's essentially the actual metering is taken care of via the third-party app.
0: Mm. I've only just recently found out that this third-party billing system exists for electric vehicle charging, and I think it's just genius and r- solves a big problem for our residential apartments where the owner can just be billed directly for their own usage through that third party, and the owner's corporation doesn't have to worry about it if they don't want to.
1: Exactly, and it also takes away some additional administration from some of our strata management friends as well. So, that's it's very simple and and very effective.
0: All right, let's talk about the special levy to pay for this installation of the flat cable system, I think you've called it. How much did it cost, if you don't mind me asking?
1: I do not mind you asking. It was for our building, it was $30,000.
0: Thirty thousand. Look, that strikes me as less than I would have thought. We hear these figures bandied about, hundred thousand dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I imagine definitely some different systems, a whole of building solution, as they call it, and rewiring the whole building would be much more expensive. But it's good to hear that for a building of forty-five lots, that thirty thousand dollars for a significant, I'd say, value add. I don't think is a
1: huge sum. No, no, it uh, worked out rather well. And we we packaged it up as at a general meeting with another solution, which was um, shared solar for the apartments, which I think was the, the bigger piece. We've already had solar for the, for the common area of the building and, and some capacity there, but then this was, in, I think, that was 24 kilowatts. And the shared solar for the apartments is an, an additional 75 kilowatts. So that was the first one. And that's again, with a driver of being equitable, that was a really good solution for Malum based down in Melbourne. So that was the first and major item at this general meeting. And uh, then the EV piece was a a very useful add on to that meeting. So, but collectively, it was for most apartments, it was, you know, four or Mm -hmm. $5,000 as a worst case. And it was actually interesting for a building that's pretty uncontroversial in terms of strata. And committee meetings, um, and usually the, only the committee turn up. There was a tremendous turnout, which uh, raised a few eyebrows in in my world because I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Because it, I was going li- to say <laughs> turning out to vote for or against. <laughs> well, it turned out that it was uh, unanimously approved. Both, Amazing. both, yeah, which was staggering. So I, uh, I did have to go and have a, a moment of quiet reflection afterwards.
0: Yeah, good on you. I'm sure a mountain of work ahead of that meeting to make sure owners really understood the value that was being added and what this all meant for everyone. Now, you've said to me that a special levy was raised, but only those owners with parking spaces had to pay that levy. Can you fill me in on how your building was able to do that? And your answer might simply be, we got legal advice and we did what the lawyers told us. If so, no worries. But if you've got any more guidance on achieving that, I'd be interested to hear it.
1: Well, we had a lot of conversations as a committee and then some one-on-ones with some of the more vocal and interested parties. I suppose, by way of background, the committee's broadly split between, um, it's actually two residents and three investors. And uh, and overall, the building is about 50-50 between investors and um, live-in residents, for want of a better phrase. And so different skill sets within that, but I guess there's certainly a couple of us that really have tried to think about how we can be most fair. So what, what did we want to achieve? And that was to be fair. So we knew that we wanted to get to a point where we only wanted to be able to charge the infrastructure and the usage to those that were going to benefit from it. So the usage turned out to be very easy as the metering solution that we've just spoken about. And then the infrastructure is like, well, okay, logically that is if you've got a space, then that's an even share. It doesn't have to work on a units of entitlement basis, as a lot of things could do. Um, so we said, well, this is what we want to do. We want to be able to divide that number by the number of spaces, um, obviously the allowance for the visitors, for the earnest corporation. And then we went to put that through to our strata managers and said, look, can we do this? And let them let them work it out. And the answer was yes. And there are particularly... Um, my limited experience with with strata managers, these guys are wonderfully boring and detailed. And I don't <laughs> think they would I don't think they wouldn't wouldn't object to me saying that. Um, so they are detailed focused. So we just asked them the question, can we do this? Can we achieve this? And the answer was yes. And that was what was put forward at the uh the general meeting.
0: I'm wondering, Nathan, if what happened when these funds were being raised is that the funds were raised on the basis that this was an expense of the owners corporation that was not going to be shared amongst all owners in accordance with their unit entitlement. Because there's a difference in our New South Wales legislation between what we might call a levy or a contribution, which can only ever be raised in accordance with unit entitlements and raised against every lot and an expense, which can in fact be raised from only certain lots who are benefiting from an installation. And I get asked this question a lot, and it's the kind of advice that I've been giving to buildings in a similar situation. Amanda, how do we do this without charging owners that aren't going to be getting the benefit? So I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm wondering if that's the difference that your strata manager was attuned to in terms of levies versus expenses.
1: Uh, That sounds incredibly likely as to what would have happened. So certainly we've got some uh, very diligent people, uh, one in particular on on, on the committee, and he happily cross-references a a lot of the discussions between strata and committee. Um, Mm. So, um, you know, we've got a good degree of faith in the diligence of our our strata. So I think that sounds technically very, Mm. very, very likely, yes.
0: I do know it is a point of objection sometimes, as it may have been in your community, that I don't have a parking space, I'm never going to benefit from this, my purchaser or a tenant's never going to benefit from this. So, I think the message here is that there are creative ways to address that concern and to make sure that these kinds of installations are done in a way that's fair. And here's a great example. Absolutely. Do you have anyone in the building that you know of yet with an electric vehicle?
1: there is one uh, that's had a electric vehicle for about about 18 months now so uh, he was uh, naturally very supportive of this but i think also he, we, we had a very pragmatic solution for him what well, to just to allow him charge off the three pin plug in the car wash bay and we just said okay that's going to be worked did some calculations and based on data he gave us okay we'll charge you two hundred dollars a year Mm. So, but it was just a nice example of just being practical and simple because you know there's some horror stories in, in the press that we've heard that that's you know gets uh, gets rejected out of hand just on some some principle or other. So that that was certainly one, and there's there's someone that we'll have on in addition to that in the next six to nine months as well, subject to the cues.
0: Mm. So that is one way to approach it, dealing with this issue when it comes up and having those temporary solutions in place that while you think of or raise funds for the more permanent solution, though what I would fear owning a building myself would be that you don't know how many potential purchasers or tenants might want to charge their vehicles, move into a building that has these capabilities and they're just disregarding your building completely because they've looked it up, they've looked in the records, they've asked the manager, the real estate agent, they've been in the property, they know you don't have charging facilities so they walk away and you'll never know that you've lost that sale or the reason why your rental returns are lower than the building down the street.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things uh, off topic, one of the things I'd love to see from a real estate perspective is, you know, where you've got the little logos, the number of bedrooms, bathrooms and car spaces that there is, there's a little symbol for EV, there's a little symbol for solar, there's a little symbol for neighbours' efficiency ratings, etc. Whatever, whatever's really simple and effective, I'd love to see that. And I think that would actually um, provide some really valuable data.
0: Oh, yeah. I really hope that's the direction that we're going in. Nathan what do you think worked well in this process of getting this infrastructure into your community
1: I think the fact that we actually engaged with the community and I'm thinking back to 2017 when we started the process with a survey it's like okay well dear people in the building we actually want you we want your opinion here's a really effective avenue to do so so we got we got a pretty good response rate from that as well and then from there you know the we actually demonstrated periodically through the minutes that we were actually progressing what the solutions might look like as well. It wasn't something that was in every minute. So over all those years, that would have been just tedious. But I think what we did show was that we were we're on a pathway as to what that could look like based on that initial input. And Then also we got um, a business case from Sustainability Now, uh, which did some of the other work, pre-work for us, for the solar in the building as well, which actually sort of, um, again, with an independent perspective, espoused what the benefits, the pros and cons for each of the possible solutions out there would be. Mm. And so it's not just you know, this this is a Nathan Hage vanity project. It's actually okay, these are the options out there. These are the pros and cons for them. You know, dear residents, owners in the building, please have a read, avail yourself of the information and then we as a committee are going forward with the most cost effective and future proofed solution based from these possibilities that a third party has given us.
0: Mm, so, engagement, transparency, communication, all backed up by data. And it's the perfect ingredients for a successful Strata project.
1: Indeed. And yeah, you know, and honestly, and I think I had to, and in many ways, as we know, Strata can be frustrating, but given the time that elapsed in that initial survey, the best solution presented itself. And it was actually quite new at the time. So, had, had we as a building moved earlier, even by a matter of six to 12 months, that solution wasn't available. It was pretty common in Europe, but not over here. Um, and I think from what I understand, this is the first retrofit installation of this, of this flat cable solution in Australia, or certainly one of, the, one of the earlier ones. So the timing in this case actually worked out really well for us.
0: Yes. And just to timestamp this for our listeners, when did you do the install?
1: It was March, March this year, March 2022. Yep, great. And it was only uh, two days' worth of work. For the trademan
0: mm. Is there anything that you would have done differently now with the benefit of hindsight?
1: Oh, I'd have had some signage prepared for the car park in advance.
0: Okay, permanent signage or?
1: <laughs> Whatever's in approval, whatever, no, just just something that makes it more obvious of what's there. I don't, it doesn't have to be green painted, the visitor space or shopping centre type logic, but just a sign on, on each of the pillars that's where the charges are just to make it more more obvious of what's where, but only a minor thing. But I think overall, it's been really good.
0: Nathan, I saw you were recently quoted in an article that appeared in The Guardian, and I'll include the link to that under this episode. And there was some discussion around the strata system, the concept of co-ownership and the democratic process working against Electric vehicle owners, those who are interested in sustainability upgrades, do you agree with that? Is it really hard to get these things across the line? And if so, what needs to change?
1: I agree to. I agree to some extent. I think I also must recognise that the the building that I'm in, I think, was very fortunate in terms of the scale and also the existing capacity in the building as well. So it meant that the the solution from a cost base was was quite low. But I think it's more of a, um, the bigger problem is more of a design piece, as in, you know, people just having their heads around, you know, who pays for what and how on an ongoing basis. Strata theory and community living is, is beautiful, but not everyone's head is in that space. But I think the thing that, you know, is potentially hardest, like lots of things in strata world, it is particularly asking committee or people when they're voting on these matters just to become pseudo experts in really quite complex areas both from a, you know, a strata perspective, but also from a solution point of view as well. And it's amazing how much, how much effort people will put into these solar solutions, batteries, EVs, to understand it, where they just wouldn't put that effort in, into a new gas-hot water system in terms of understanding what's possible, how is it shared, how does the cost work. You ask most people in strata, they wouldn't have a clue how they're charged for hot water depending on the solution. So I think the opportunity is for what I would love to see to make it more effective in Strata world is that from whatever level of government perspective someone can actually come in and just actually assess what the building's potential is provide some solutions say look these are the paths that your building can go down and this is what's technically possible from an infrastructure perspective you know and this is how to deploy it you know through your committee with with the appropriate options for recovery of costs expenses and uh, ongoing charges
0: And I suppose if you're in an older building where it just feels like there are many, many steps in the process before you might get to the stage where this is possible, being able to plan that out, being able to factor that into the 10-year plan, into your capital works fund plan, if it's going to be a particularly expensive process simply because you've got a 1960s or 1970s build, then start saving for that, start planning, but even just start talking about this being an important issue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think recognising that this is a change that's uh, depending on your perspective is either here or, or is coming. And you know, and some people will love it and other people will hate the idea, but I mean that that's just human nature, but I think it's just recognising that it's there and then what is what is best for for the building and the people in it. And and in, in this case I think that this is it's unnecessarily emotive, but it is building infrastructure. To me, it's no different to lights in the corridors or the lift operating. And it's a newer development in, in thinking within strata, that's all.
0: Yes, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for spending time with us today and really just starting this important conversation. It's not one that we've had on the podcast before, and I'm sure we have many listeners out there with their heads spinning with a few new ideas and questions, of course. I can already sense the questions coming into my inbox about the specifics of how you did what you did, uh, and I'll make sure that I can assist as many people as possible with more information Information. maybe there's a, a webinar in the future for those who want more step-by-step guidance on this process especially from the legal perspective when it comes to sustainability infrastructure resolutions and bylaws if they're necessary so thank you for sharing your experience and for championing your community and can't wait to see what zinc apartments does next
1: well, thank you for the invite and thank you for the questions. And uh, yes, suffice to say, we do have plans uh, for next. And it's going uh, to involve batteries and, uh, and heat pumps for the hot water. So I think that's, that's where the conversation is going to now, but it's exciting times.
0: Fantastic. Do you have a waiting list of purchases yet?
1: Can I get on it? <laughs> uh, we, I think there must be because we keep getting <laughs> letters from the real estate. But honestly, I actually don't know how many people know in the building right about this honestly it's such a placid building it's boring Uh, it's remarkable honestly
0: music to our ears that's what everybody wants a boring residential strata building
1: correct if you honestly if you take care of some of the simple things then people don't have to get too excited about the big things i think it's a bit of a tactical play there
0: (laughs) (laughs) good advice thank you nathan i shall catch up with you next time
1: my pleasure thank you thanks amanda